Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, as we gather together to hear your word, to be blessed by you, but also to be guided and taught by you, pour down your spirit on us. Open up our hearts, our minds to who you are, for what you are calling us to do and what you're calling us to be. Lord, help us to see what it means to be influenced by you, that your Holy Spirit continues to affect who we are. So as we live in this world, people don't just see us. They actually see you at work through us. Loving Father, we pray that your love continues to saturate our lives. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Today's focus is being united, influenced by Jesus. And it's based on our readings from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2. A verse to focus on is, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. When you think of smells, what are some pleasant smells that come to mind? Is it the fresh bakery or the fresh cooking that's in the oven? Or maybe it's the bacon that's being cooked at breakfast time or another time. Or have you ever walked past a a shop or experienced the fresh smell of hot chocolate being made? And many people love this fresh smell of coffee. My wife actually doesn't like drinking coffee, but she doesn't mind the smell of coffee. I remember a number of years ago, a a major shopping centre chain actually put the fragrance of bread flowing through their shopping centres to encourage people to stay and to encourage people to buy things. from, And it had this effect on people. Smells can have a positive but also a negative effect. Or perhaps you like the smell of fresh rain, new rain. Or someone who has mowed a lawn, the the smell of a freshly mowed lawn. Or perhaps you love the smell of certain flowers. What smells do you love? What smells are attractive to you? And have you ever noticed that the smells that are attractive to us actually result in us doing something or encouraging us to do something different or positive? In today's reading, we hear this idea that Jesus is this fragrant offering to God. Now, that comes from the idea that in the Old Testament, when people wanted to come before God, they had to burn an offering and the offering would be a sweet smell, a beautiful smell to God because what it was was the people were confessing sins and God was forgiving them. And so when Paul's writing to the Ephesian church, the church in Ephesus, the Ephesians in Ephesus, who are predominantly Gentile, he's encouraging them to focus on this. He says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Take a few moments. When you think of Jesus, what are the pleasant, what are the beautiful thoughts of Jesus? In fact, I like to see today's reading as a reset button for us because it's a reset button where Paul is talking to these Christians, these people who have a calling from God. Remember in verse 1, which we heard last week, that we had to follow the calling that God has for us. 
And at some stage they've gone off skew because we'll see what, what it means to walk in the way of love. And so today is like a reset button. And each of us need a reset button. I actually feel often that I need a daily reset button to be reset by God because there's so many things that are drawing on me, trying to attract my attention, trying to influence me, trying to dictate even to me how I live, how I respond, what I do. And what Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 does and to chapter 5 verse 2, it actually resets our focus back onto Jesus and what it means to be somebody who calls himself a Christian. And so... I have a question for you to think about. As we engage with life, take some time to think about what influences your responses. As we engage with life, take some time to think about what influences your responses. Now, our responses to things can be influenced by many different things. Here are a few ideas of what may influence your response. Perhaps it's the opinions of others. You're worried how people think or you want to please people. Maybe it's about power, that you don't want anyone to have power over you. So your response is in such a way so they don't have power over you. Perhaps it's about doing what is right. But here's the question to ask. Who's, from whose perspective? Perhaps it's because you value your personal freedom and so what influences your response to many situations is personal freedom. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's tradition. That's the way it's always done. Maybe you have some hurts. You've been hurt in certain ways and that affects how you respond to certain situations. Perhaps it's money, that you have this focus on money that that's most important in every decision. I recently was speaking to somebody who was saying, I'm having trouble with the internet, I'm online. And then they shared with me, that they've, they said, oh, perhaps it's because I've taken out the cheapest internet connection I can get. Maybe I should boost it up so I can improve my work and can, can have a bit more peace of mind. Perhaps you have a cause or an agenda which you're passionate about. And that continues to influence or affect your responses to everything else. Maybe you hold on to your rights and it's, it's about your rights. Or perhaps you're worried about your time. Now, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but when I have a shortage of time, I become impatient. I want things to move quickly. I often will rush things, overlook things. And I remember a few years ago when I was in a hurry, I actually had a, a small car accident, which ended up costing me a lot more money. Because I was rushing around. Perhaps you have a fear and that influences your responses. Perhaps you have some habits in place. What else can you think of that influences your responses to different situations? Now a question for you. What would it look like if our, all, all our responses were influenced by Jesus, what would it look like if throughout our life we responded to good, ordinary and bad things in ways that were influenced by Jesus? How might our responses differ if we always walked in the way of love? This little phrase that's in the reading from Ephesians, walked in the way of love, is a Jewish expression of, by basically saying, this is the way 
to live life. In other words, it says, how might our responses differ if we always live life reflecting love, sharing love, showing God's love? And so take some time to think about it as we go through the rest of our sermon. But what would it look like if our responses were influenced by Jesus and not by those other things? And how might our responses differ if we always walked in the way of love? If love was the most prominent agenda in everything we did. Remember the verse, follow God's example therefore as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Being united and influenced by Jesus means, first of all, focusing on Jesus. It means, first of all, learning from, gaining, gaining insight to what God is on about through Jesus. And so it's not about what we do. Often when we think about what do we have to do, we think about, we ask, what are the rules? What do we have to do? What do we have to get up to? That's not where our responses should come from. Our responses should come from first from our relationship with Jesus. And so being united, influenced by Jesus means focusing on what God, that God has loved us, that God is still loving us, and God will continue to love us. Remember the reading from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave up him, himself up for us, as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. What Paul is saying here is God has loved you so much that he, you are already in favour with God because of what Christ has done. Christ has done what is needed for God to see you in a good light, to smell you in a good aroma. And so being united, influenced by Jesus, means let, let's that be our starting point. Let's focus on the fact that God has loved us, that God is loving us, and God will continue to love us. Also, being united, influenced by Jesus means focusing on the fact that forgiveness is a high priority for God. Forgiveness is a high priority for God. When God looks at you, he wants to love you and forgive you. From verse 32 of chapter 4 we heard, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Just as in Christ God forgave you. You see, God's priority when he looks at you, when he looks at the world, is not to condemn it, is not to put it down, not to separate people. His priority is to show love and show forgiveness. And so being united, influenced by Jesus, is having this understanding that God is a God of love and a God of forgiveness. And that's the way, he, that's his character, that's the way he goes about life. And so that being the foundation for our lives becomes what affects and shapes who we are. The actions of God shape our lives, shapes who we are meant to be. You see, we are called to be God's people in the world to be God's people affecting and infecting the world, to be God's people who reflect who God is 
in the world. And so the actions of God, which show God's character to us, begin to shape our lives. And that's why it's important for us to be constantly spending time in God's word, to be constantly spending time in worship, to be constantly in connection with God. So we have a a concept of who God is from the scriptures, from God himself, and not just we make up in our minds or we think who God should be. And so this leads us to a different way of life. And what Paul encourages the community here in Ephesus and what God is encouraging us through St Paul is to live differently, to live in a way that reflects his love. And so being united, influenced by Jesus, means walking in love by using our tongue well. From chapter 4, verse 25, we heard, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbour, for we are all members of one body. And then in verse 29 we hear, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. I'd encourage you to think about your tongue and the the times it doesn't build people up, the times it doesn't show love or reflect love, the times when it's more about you or more about power or more about putting people into their place or the times where your tongue is more destructive, doesn't create relationships but breaks down relationships. Throughout the scriptures, we're encouraged to use our tongues well. And I remember a few years ago, um, listening to a sermon and someone said this, and it says, the more we use our tongues well, the less we'll use them in a sinful way. The more we share God's love, the more we speak about the good things of God, the more we encourage others, the less we are going to have time and energy to use our tongues, to put people's down, to tell lies, to gossip about people. And so being influenced by Jesus means walking in love by using our tongues well. Think about all the situations you are likely to encounter this week. Think about how can you use your tongue well? How can you use your tongue to encourage others? Maybe it's about rephrasing what you say. Maybe it's about holding back on certain things so people get to experience love. Maybe it's about asking and clarifying questions. Remember though, look for the opportunities where you can talk about the goodness of Jesus, where you can praise God with others, where you can thank God. I don't know if you've watched the Olympics this week, but during the Olympics there's been a number of Olympians who have expressed their faith, some in subtle ways, some in very obvious ways. They have used the opportunity that they have because of their elite Olympic ability to talk not about themselves but to talk about God and to encourage others. Think about how you can do that. Secondly, walking in love means by not letting anger be the main influence of our lives. Being united, influenced by Jesus means walking in love by not letting anger be the main influencer in our lives. From verses 26 to 27 we heard, In your anger do not sin. 
Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. And then in verse 31 we hear, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. And then if you look throughout the New Testament, this idea of getting rid of anger pops up in a number of places, such as in Matthew 5 and Romans 12, Galatians 5. Now some of you may be saying, hold on a moment, didn't Jesus get angry and overturn the tables? For a couple of things, that's a one-off event. Secondly, the Bible talks about that vengeance is God's. Jesus is God. God encourages us to get rid of anger, to downplay it. Now, all of us are going to get angry at some time. But have you ever noticed that when you get angry, it often leads you to doing things that you sometimes regret? It often leads you to sinning. It often leads you to saying or acting in ways that is not loving, not caring, not helpful. That's why we're encouraged to get rid of anger, to get rid of that place. Anger often comes from a a position of, and leads to a a position of irrationality, that we're going to do something to get revenge or to hurt somebody. But walking in love, is let's not let anger be the main influencer in why we respond to things. Thirdly, being united, influenced by Jesus means walking in love by living and working to bless others and not our own self-interest. Now, here, St. Paul, what he does is pick up that there have been certain people in the Christian community had been people who were stealing. He doesn't say how they were stealing. It may have been blatant stealing. Or it may have been deceptive sort of stealing. But this is what he says. He says, anyone who's been stealing must steal no longer but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. You know, you're sitting here going, oh, this doesn't apply to me, I don't steal. But this has a broader context. What Paul is saying here and what God is saying to us is don't think of yourself first about your work. Don't live for yourself. Because that's what thieves do, is they live for themselves. But instead, use your work to bless others. Look for ways that you can work and bless others. Don't be people who sit there and don't work because you've got everything or you've got things under control. Or don't be people who only work for yourself, but work so you can bless others, so you can share with others in need. See that your work is one of the gifts from God that God has given you so you can help others be blessed. If you go through the scriptures and you do a study on work, one of the things you'll discover is work I only become a problem at the fall and it was hard work. Work was still there. But in other places of scriptures, work is actually a blessing. The opportunity to work is seen as a good thing. But not so you can build your own little kingdom, not so we can be rich ourselves, but so we can be a blessing to others. So being united, influenced by Jesus means having a focus on living in such a way that we work to bless others and not just for our own self-interest. And lastly, being united, influenced by Jesus means walking in love by focusing on who God has called you to be and not neglecting this call. 
Remember at the start of chapter 4, which we talked about last week, it reminds us to live a life worthy of our calling. And that means to live a life worthy of being a Christian, to be the person God has called you to be, to be the Christian God has called you to be in the place he has placed you to be. And then we hear in verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you're sealed for the day of redemption. Now there's a lot of discussion, there's a lot of books that have been tried to address this one passage, what it means to grieve the Holy Spirit. But a very common way that scholars look at this is Grieving the Holy Spirit is neglecting God. Grieving the Holy Spirit is going on with who you want to be, doing what you want to do in life and not listening to God's word and not allowing God's way of life to shape you. Not being a person who walks in love in all situations you encounter. I think that's a good understanding of grieving the Holy Spirit because God has given us his love. God has given us his gift of love, which gives us an insurance of future, that through Jesus Christ, that each of us have a place in heaven because not us, but Jesus has paid the price of our sins. And then God has invited us to be part of his mission, to reveal this love to the world, to reveal this love to those who have walked away from it, and to reveal this love to those who have don't know about it. That's our primary calling in life, is to be people, Christians, who share God's love with others. And grieving the Holy Spirit is neglecting that calling, neglecting that God is the God of love for us and he's the God of love for others. So being united, influenced by Jesus, means walking in love by focusing on who God has called you to be and not neglecting this call on your life. And so what does all this mean for us as we live the faith? Well, first of all, as a reminder, be immersed in what God has done, is doing and will do for you. Be immersed in the love that God has for you. Secondly, allow the actions of Jesus to shape and transform you. As you read the scriptures, think about what what does it mean for you to reflect who Jesus is in the world? Thirdly, in a practical way, focus on using your tongue to express God's grace and love to others. Now, that could be in your household, in your home. It could be in your workplace. It could be in your school. It could be in the wider community. Think about how you can use your tongue to bring God's love, God's grace into all the situations you face. You may not mention God every single time you open your mouth, but you can speak in a graceful and loving way to people. The fourth thing is, think about your anger. Don't allow your anger to affect how you respond. And if you are angry about something, if you are angry about something particularly from the past and that anger is still got a hold on you and that still affects how you relate to certain people, how you deal with certain people, can I encourage you to seek help? Speak to myself. Seek some counselling. Seek help to deal with that anger well. And and just a word of warning, if you're seeking counselling, I'd encourage you to seek counselling from a a Christian counsellor, one who doesn't get you to just focus on yourself, but also to think about what it means to be a Christian in the world. Next, 
Live and work to bless others. See, see your practical work, the skills and the talents, the abilities you have, the jobs you have, your ability to earn income as a means not just to, to build yourself up, but also as a way to bless others in many different ways. And constantly keep remembering your life is about who God has called you to be. That God has called you to be a Christian in this world so others can experience his love and grace. One way to think about this is this. We walk in love, we imitate Jesus so others may see and experience Jesus through us. So the smell of Jesus and his love is in the world, a love that we already know. May you go knowing you are always loved by God. May that sweet aroma not just affect you, but may it affect all who meet you. May they all get to smell the love of Jesus through you. Go in his peace and go with his love. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have loved us deeply and that you continue to love us. May your love be the foundation of who we are, how we live, how we interact with others. May your love help us to be less selfish and more loving to the world we live in and the people we mix with. Lord, we pray for all who don't know your love. May they get to experience and see your love through us. In your name we pray. Amen.